Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Bedford's cost segregation specializes in generating significant tax savings via their engineering-based studies for commercial real estate clients nationwide. Founded in 2002, Bedford is one of the largest independently owned cost segregation providers in the country with over 14,000 studies completed to date in multiple offices throughout. The most important decision ownership can make when incorporating cost segregation within their real estate portfolio is selecting the right provider. With only 43 certified cost segregation professionals nationwide, Bedford is proud to employ eight of them and takes the quality of their people as seriously as their studies. Every certified cost segregation professional has passed a rigorous test combining knowledge of technical engineering issues, legal tax issues, ethics standards, and requires a strict level of prior work experience to be eligible. Bottom line, not all cost segregation providers are created equal. So be sure to take the decision seriously from the beginning to protect yourself for years to come. Please contact Bedford's Business Development Director, Frank Judici, to learn more. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Kaylee McMahon. Thanks for being on the show, Kaylee. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Kaylee has purchased over $68.2 million worth of multifamily real estate as a general partner and principal. She sold over $3 million in residential real estate before transitioning into her current full-time syndication role and originally from Portland, Oregon. She founded the Women Who Invest Wednesday networking group in Dallas, which is also digital, and a podcast called Number One Leading Ladies. She interviews women who are disrupting their industry and the real story of how they got where they are. She's developing technology to help make it easy and convenient for women to learn how to make passive income through apartment investing, the SheVest app. That's incredible. I look forward to hearing more about that. I think that's intriguing uh, when somebody can take technology like that and really own it and help a lot of people at the same time. So Kaylee, thank you for your time and being on the show. Give us a little more about your background in commercial real estate and kind of your focus right now. I mean, you kind of hit it. My background in commercial real estate is not the longest in the world. I've just been in the industry for three years. And the background started honestly in residential real estate where I was an apartment locator. In Texas, you have to be a licensed real estate agent to be able to apartment locate. So while that was specifically working on luxury A-class type apartments, and that's not you know what I focus on now, it at least gave me an idea to understand you know the patterns of people moving in and moving out, uh, concessions, understanding you know an A-class building like how occupied it usually is and why they run specials and certain things like that, but also the mindset of the person moving in, what they're looking for, what amenities are important to them, etc. So I didn't know that it would go full circle like this until I got involved in investment real estate where I started flipping houses. I started investing in partial house notes. So kind of like a syndication works where you're dividing an asset. It's dividing a much smaller asset, a house. And then all of us investors put down some money to own a partial percentage of the note on the house or like the the bank note on the house. So similar, but different anyway. So it made this make a lot of sense when I met someone that was in the apartment industry who was very down to earth, really got it, really understood, you know, when you're working with people that, you know, are your partners, your vendors, whatever, it's about, you know, how you speak to them and how you treat them and pay them early and make sure that you're doing the right 
human things, I suppose, you know, like the thing in life that makes this a lot more fun is not necessarily money being the only motivator behind why we renovate something or why we put in a dog park or whatnot. There's also some additional emotional and psychological benefits that I get out and a lot of my partners get out of getting involved in renovating or flipping multifamily apartments. Nice. No, that's incredible. Well, I mean, syndication is definitely a business that we love as well. And it's neat to hear your transition into that. And, you know, as far as in the syndication business right now, elaborate a little more like your focus, a specific asset class or and even your niche about how you're helping women specifically. Yeah. So as far as the asset class or the area of multifamily real estate that we focus on, it's kind of a popular area. So it's, it's C-class workforce housing in areas where there is population growth, income growth, there is home value growth, there's reduction in crime, and a couple of other things that we use as like our five-prong approach to vetting a market or where we want to invest. Typically, and this may be changing, I'm kind of doing some research now, but typically it's been a 1970 or newer build. There are situations where I just bought a way older building than that, but the entire thing was gutted and redone in 2001. So it's interesting how there can be some exceptions to the rule when you're looking for something. But for the most part, you kind of have to have a baseline principle of like why you pick a certain build year, why you pick a certain market and things like that. So as far as using multifamily as a platform or I always knew that I needed to find a vector and some sort of vector that would allow me to be able to, whether it was at the time my thought process was create physical space to be able to get away from codependent relationships, abuse, things that I went through, because that's what real estate did for me was be able to show me, oh, this check that I'm getting every month. And it was just from a house flip that turned into a single family rental. I don't have to dress any kind of way or be the perfect sales rep or, you know, do any kind of certain things to deserve or to earn this check. It was just the fact that I put the deal together and then gave me the idea that, okay, if I could do more of this, then I could not only be able to take care of myself and prioritize my time and prioritize the things that I do. So at the time it was needing to do a lot of introspective self-work and understand what I really wanted in life and who I was and uh, not what my parents told me I should be or believe or think or do or whatnot. Like, do I really love animals? You know, am I a greedy person? Do I treat people with respect or do I use certain words because they were taught to me growing up? Or are those things that I don't actually believe in that I should be calling someone that name? Or there's a lot of learning that I had to do, but to have the time and the space to do it, cash flowing real estate gave that to me to be able to not have to do the 40, 50, 60 hours a week of what was a sales rep. And then also, you know, hustling in single family uh, retail sales. So without having to be on this constant hamster wheel, I was able to stop and take some time and figure out who I was and what I was doing in this life. And I realized that real estate and specifically multifamily, when you're adding another zero, you're able to kind of have a platform to use to show other individual, other women, hi, I can do this where I I should be living under a bridge right now, statistically, but I'm not because I did the work, I got away and and here's my mess. And so it's now my message. So I kind of leverage um, our portfolio and like we're doing a tour on Friday with the newest acquisition from last year, where it's going to be a female focused tour. I'm asking all the men that are coming to bring a daughter, a niece, someone in their life that's a woman so that they just see it and they understand how the process works, renovations, and they get comfortable with it and they go, oh my God, I can do this too. No, that's awesome. That's a neat thought process there too. Like bring somebody else with you and your focus is women. So that's incredible. Or even if even if we were doing a tour and we said, hey, just bring a child with you, you know, so you're encouraging the next generation and, and opening their eyes to some of these opportunities. Tell me a little about how tech has helped you build your platform. Yeah. So 
thank God for tech. And it's not like I'm a big AI tech person, but I'm learning quite a bit. But because of COVID happening this last year, you know, we were very limited in the amount of networking that we could do, limited in the amount of like even tours I could take. You know, Texas luckily has been very open. And so as far as, you know, keeping your distance and kind of figuring out ways to make certain things happen, I feel like I've been very blessed that I could live in New York and I would have gotten no acquisitions done, no work done in like in the last year. So technology has been a way to kind of bridge that gap and be able to continue to talk to people like we are now without having to physically be with each other, have meetings, you know, like next thing I'm going to be working on is setting up a monthly webinar where I'm going through all of the different things that we offer. You know, if you know nothing about real estate and you just want to understand how it cash flows, you know, we have the app for that. And anyway, point is, is the technology has been great to kind of try to bridge that gap. And then also, like I mentioned, with the tech and this little app that we're coming out with eventually, basically what it does is it takes someone from different mental stages of wherever they're at. And you can go from, okay, I know nothing about real estate and I just want to understand. There's a mindset section of the app. And there's also a education on cash flowing real estate assets. So it's all the asset classes and then all the way to like vetting documents. Nice. Which is a very difficult part. That's for sure. As far as vetting documents and understanding what you're looking at, that can be pretty overwhelming in itself when you are learning this business and you have to review a bunch of documents. And so that's interesting. Tell me about, I guess, a little about how the app helps with documents and reviewing things like that. Trying to keep my dog quiet. So on the app itself, there's been a couple of... So really what I'm doing is I'm taking content that I built during the lockdown. You know, as I'm like, well... What I'm going to do is I'm going to reach out to women who have had two plus years of experience cash flowing whatever their asset classes, you know, RV parks, mobile home parks, apartments, retail. I mean, we've pretty much covered the whole gamut and I still have a list of women to get through. But, you know, point is, is we're going through the pros and cons, how they make money. And so you're watching a woman that's done it already quite a bit, watching them explain how the process works for them. There's a transcription at the bottom. And then the next stage for us is working through how to make little quizzes. So you can kind of make sure that you've understood kind of what you viewed in that video. But the documents, part of that has been like a couple of review documents that a couple of SEC attorneys that I've worked with. And this is specific to like a syndication or an offering like that. But I know so many of those asset classes, because it ends up being a passive investment, they all kind of have similar situations. But I've just looked at these three phases and have gone, okay, so women don't get involved with these investments because like me at a certain point, I go, oh my God, I'm not, am I, am I old enough? You know, do I know enough? You know, am I, you kind of have this self-doubt. And so once you can believe in yourself and once you can believe that, you know, you do deserve this, that you can call yourself an investor, it's not something that's earmarked for certain people in our, our society that you can do this too. Um, then having the ability to go past the mindset, look at how it works, you know, the details of it. And then the documents, that's the last piece that I found that people or women specifically, they go, hold on, you're handing me 150 pages of stuff. Like, what are you hiding in there? They'd freak out and then not even bother investing. And it's pretty much as simple as if you're, I don't want to say too lazy, but if you're too inexperienced or unsophisticated to understand how to review those documents, obviously go have an attorney look through them. But when you're doing it for the first time, you might be going, oh my God, I have to hire an attorney just to look at at documents. Well, this guide was built, a couple of the guides were built by SEC attorneys who said, okay, well, 
here's 16 things that when you're going through there, there's some big things you really want to hit on, like capital calls, the operating agreement, who's in charge, business plan. Like there's certain things that are really important to make sure that you understand than to start asking the operating team, you know, questions and not just, I've had investors do this and I hate that they did this because it's now become a problem for me where they want to invest and they just like trust a friend, you know, and they talk to me and I'm like, okay, well, what questions do you have? What do you want to know? And then they won't have any questions. That's the worst thing. I really appreciate it when an investor has a list of questions and they just want answers, you know, and so then... For sure. Those are the ones that's going to learn the most, right? When they come prepared, no doubt, any coaching or mentoring type of relationship. You know, speak to also, it's neat that you have like niched down on uh, like women, helping women, you know, and figuring out what holds them back and, and helping them in a big way. Tell me though, just on like, how has niching down like that helped your business or your brand specifically? Often, I, you know, people say, well, Whitney, you know, if I niche down that much, I'm not going to have, an, you know, enough people that will want to follow me or listen to my podcast or, you know, all those things. How has that helped you? It's gotten me a lot of attention. And that was something I learned from probably the first mentor I ever worked with that, look, you're not going to be for everybody. And until you can accept that, you're not going to have people essentially funneled, funneled in your direction because... What I get is, you know, emails daily or text messages daily where someone thought or saw something and go, oh my God, that reminds me of Kaylee because it's exactly either what she needs to be taking and posting on her social media because this is a great statistic or, you know, here's a good resource or whatnot. It's made it to where it's I'm top of mind when it comes to that, not that, but when it comes to empowering women financially, you know, and there are many other women that do the same thing. And so what it's also helped with like I'm in a massive group called Commercial Real Estate Women and it's global. So there's women in the UK, all over the place. And when we post in our group and you're asking for something, it makes it very helpful for you know the group who can provide the answer that you want for them to respond. And because you're just very clear on you know who you want to work with and, and what you want. So it makes it clear when you're asking for it, you're not making people go, well, I don't know if I fit that box or whatever. You're either going, yes, I do, or I don't, you know? So I think it's helped to bring the right people that, you know, really care about the same thing, you know, around me. No doubt about it. I just think it's a great thing to elaborate on because I get the question often and people think, oh, I can't niche down, you know, just not going to be enough people listening or, be, you know, and it's false. And you hit the nail on the head when you said, you're not going to be for everybody. You're just not. And you got to get over that. But go ahead. And there's 7 billion people out there and <laughs> half of them are women. Like, you, you think you don't have enough of an audience out of your mind. Like, so this isn't like super niche niche down really to tell you the truth but and then people want to call me names too that's the other thing that when you're different people want to call you sexist racist that they want to label you because human beings need to put things in a black and white box and it just doesn't work that way I'm like no I just have the ability to take my business and focus on an underserved group like that's all I'm doing I'm not any kind of thing I just want to focus on the people that I understand the best because the mess that I've been through like I'm making that mess my message because I get it, you know? No, that's awesome. Tell me a little bit about your, like the number one way to find new investors right now for your, your best source. There's a couple, to tell you the truth. So because like I mentioned, you're kind of having to depend on technology. A lot of it has to do with even things like this. So thank you very much. I'm grateful to be able to be on your show and be able to, as I grow. So I've been on your show before and there's, I guarantee you so much growth that's happened professionally, emotionally. I mean, so much in the meantime. And so I'm able to show people 
you know, who I am via how I'm talking an interview and get them interested in what it is that I focus on or do. And then, you know, they basically just go to my website and then I provide value. I provide resources that it's like, okay, if you want to understand more about like, you got like a series on 1031 exchanges, you know, I interviewed an intermediary. And so she went through like the whole thing. So if you have a 1031 exchange, you want to understand how that works. You can go and spend time on there. But really, I guess technology um, has really helped to get me connected with webinars when it comes to self-directed IRA companies. So I don't have to be in New York. I don't have to be in New Jersey. I don't have to be in Florida to be able to present with them. And again, like you mentioned earlier, because of being so unique or niche or whatever, like this is March, this is National Women's Month. And so I have been blown up the last week on, do you want to be on this panel? Do you want to be on this panel? Do you want to? And so being able to speak about what I'm passionate about has been a very good resource, again, for me to attract the right investors who not only get to make money, but they also give a rip about what we're doing. And it's a mission-driven investment for them. It's There's two things, they get money and it actually does something for their community. So being able to speak has been very helpful. And then, like I mentioned, the next thing that, again, being an authority that I'm going to be doing is once monthly, just having a webinar that basically goes through all the different ways that you can learn, get involved, what options you have, how the process works. I mean, on my homepage, it's pretty clear you know, here's where the money comes from. Here's who finds the deals. Here's how you get returns. And here's how to get involved. But, you know, a lot of people like to see me in person and because we kind of can't, tech has been been a good thing. So oh, tell me, are there any daily habits that you have that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? So yes and no. Tell you the truth. What's it called? Not time blocking, but I guess it is. Like literally, you know, if I look at my schedule today, I'm not really worried about what I need to be doing because I have a reminder in my calendar that says, okay, here's what you need to be doing. And like today, you know, I've got a block for this. I have a block from 11 to three every day that says get shit done. So during that block, that's when I don't drive and I don't have phone calls and I don't like I get stuff done. Like I have a list of things that we're working on. And so it's going to require some you know, website additions or dragging and dropping things or creating or filling out documents for, you know, legal documents for a new offering or things that actually require work. So to sit down and and get it done, you know, I'm working on a book. So that's part of that in there, et cetera. So basically time blocking has been huge. And so if I've got a project, right, like the book, like the app, like whatever, people are like, oh my God, you're all over the place. You're so ADD. And it's like, well, not really, because I have a development team or a team that's actually doing the work when it comes to, you know, ghostwriting the chapters or, you know, actually doing the development behind the scenes on the app itself. But I'm just the puppeteer. I'm just the director. So one hour a week for each of these ventures, or like I'm doing tech research one hour a week. So I just have a block that I religiously make sure that I block everything else. I I have a cool thing called Robo Killer on my phone. I love that thing. So I get like 30 plus calls a day. And so unless it's my bank, unless it's my attorney, unless it's an appointment I have coming up, something, I just kind of look at the pop-up that comes up on your phone. I go, mm, nope, I'm back to work, you know, so I can actually concentrate and get my stuff done. That's been big. And then mentally through COVID or through the lockdown, through other things legally that I'm dealing with the best thing that I've found to feel like you can have your power back because a lot of the times when people are bombarding you or when you get negative feelings about something that you have to deal with, it can tend to bleed into your personal life and bleed into your your mental space where you, you don't have peace, you know? And so the best way I've found is you can do it with a actual journal or I know I'm going to lose it. So I just do it digitally in my phone. 
there's an app I use called Morning. And I forget what the journal is actually called, but basically you're going through and, and before the day starts, you're going in there and saying what you're grateful for, what would make today great, your daily affirmation. That's been huge. I have that on my mirror. I'm the most influential woman of my generation and nothing can stop me. That's mine. And I say it every day to myself out loud. And then this is the big one. What are some amazing things that happened today? It was hard mentally for me to get to that place where I go, what? You're, you're writing this stuff down before the day even starts. How would I know like what happened today? I don't know what's going to happen today. But in reality, if you fill this whole thing out and it takes like less than five minutes every day, I felt so empowered by like, you're again, you're going to get bombarded by people who don't respect your boundaries or people who don't understand that it's respectful and professional to make an appointment. And they just feel like they could just call you whenever. And that's my own opinion. Some people love to be on the phone all day. I don't. But when you are clear on what is going to happen today, what's interesting is your emails and your behaviors and your things you jot down and just certain subliminal things throughout the day start happening. And it's so crazy to watch how within a day or three or whatever that week, all that stuff manifests and happens. So that's given me a lot of peace to go. You know, when you're being bombarded with something, it's like, you know what? No, I know what I'm going to do today. And this isn't one of them. So this can wait till tomorrow and I'm going to sleep on it. And I'm going to be very clear on how I'm going to handle this. So it's, it's helped quite a bit. Is a long answer. No, it sounds like, I mean, you're, you plan your day out. You're very purposeful and consistent, right? I mean, I find those things build success very fast, faster than, you know, what, I mean, maybe slower than what people expect, right? There's no, just this pill you can take and success happens tomorrow. But those consistent purposeful actions definitely lead to big success, you know, later on down the road. I had an all day meeting last week and it was canceled like the night before. And I thought, wait a minute, what am I going to do with all this time? And that was probably the most productive morning I've had in a long time. And so I appreciate that. Like you say, like 11 to three, where it's like, I'm getting things done. I'm not, I like, there's other things that you're blocking out because it's a distraction. So what about the number one thing though that's contributed to your success? I think the number one thing has been my natural ability to want to learn, to tell you the truth. So it helps to, I think, create a sense of being a little bit more humble than some people come across. You know, I'll be honest with you, when I've sat in people's offices, they really like themselves. It is such a turnoff because I'm like, you're acting like you know everything. Like, and then it's going to limit your growth. It's going to limit what you can even make it money-wise. I mean, I feel like my innate ability. I'm a lifetime learner from the Gallup Strength Finder test or whatnot. If I'm in a position or a job where I'm not consistently learning all the time, I'm very unhappy and I get kind of like, kind of anxious. You know, I like, I need to be learning. And so I'm very happy if every single day I can learn at least one thing. And just because that's who I am, I think that going into meetings with people that like, I'll catch myself habitually when you know something about something, you know, you feel like you want to talk about it, right? So my fund that I'm starting really soon here, I understood the basic structure. I understood like the basics of it, right? And then I had a meeting with somebody who has worked for Goldman. They had done $100, $500 million funds. And getting that time with that person, I walked in with my companion into that meeting and they said, you know, Jed's got this experience with this. And I started to talk as if I knew what he was going to say or I knew how the meeting was going to go. And I'm glad that this person kind of put me in my place, but I have to do this internally to myself when I go into any meeting with anyone, or it doesn't matter how experienced they are, that you go into that meeting going, I know nothing. I literally know nothing. And it's my job to ask questions and to be open and to listen and to absorb as much as possible. I think that innate 
curiosity and will to learn. I think that's been very helpful. No, it's great skill to be humble and teachable. That's kind of the opposite of prideful, right? It's difficult for a lot of us and it's a great skill to have. How do you like to give back? I like to give back directly to my community. So specifically, as I've already kind of said, the empowering women is very, very, very important to me. And I kind of look at women as my sisters. So with my actual biological sisters, I told them for a long time that so basically I try to help people directly in my community. I mean, I know I could donate to UNICEF. I know that I could go to Africa. I know that there's so much stuff that I could do in these underserved areas of the planet that just are suffering. And whether it's suffering because of past history of what's happened in the world before I ever existed, or whether it's injustices that are happening now, whatever the deal is, is you know, that's a community that I could focus on or I could sit there and go, okay, my mess is my message. It's something that like, you know, so the abuse that I went through, one third of people go through the same thing. You know what I mean? And it's insane how big of a problem it is and how the stigma behind people not wanting to talk about abuse and not wanting to talk about, because I mean, it makes you feel dirty, like you did something wrong and it's not something you ever asked for. So point is, is I find that by not only financially empowering women so that they don't have to fit a mold to be any certain kind of person, but also basically just empowering women is really important to me. And so when I have friends that, whether it's a dating situation or like a banker that treats them a certain way or a past relationship, I mean, there's so many things that it spans or goes into, but you know, it's really just don't let that person treat you like that. You know what I mean? So I, just affecting my immediate community and, and then also like with all my associates or people that and someone else would probably say that work for me or whatever, but that, you know, our associates trying to get them into a position where I'm asking them about their expertise. I'm asking them about what did they, because they have a level of expertise, whether it's the property management, whether it's the construction, whether it's whatever, you know, the CPA, and then kind of defaulting to them and saying, okay, well, based on your expertise, what do you suggest is like the top three things? And then I'll, you know, maybe I'll pick something or even default to them and say, you know what, you're the expert, go for it. And I find that empowering people, even in that way, makes the end product of whatever you're doing together much more high quality because they take pride in whatever they were doing. And then also if something goes wrong, that person takes a thousand percent accountability for whatever it is because they were in charge, you know? So calling my head of construction, like boss, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm like, you're the boss, you know? So I feel like I'm very blessed to be in the situation that I'm in now. And so just treat people how you want to be treated. The people in my life that empowered me to even believe in myself and to go forward with this, that's kind of my role I see in other people's lives now. No, that's awesome. Treat, I mean, the golden rule, right? It goes a long, long ways, without a doubt. Well, Kaylee, it's been a pleasure to hear your story again and get to know you a little better and learn just more about your desire to empower women and how you're doing that through real estate. It's such a great tool for anyone. And it's great. I love hearing stories like yourself where you're helping so many do that, right? And learn that they can also have financial freedom through real estate. Tell them, the listeners, how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yes. The number one thing I'd like you to do would be to go to my website, theapartmentqueen.com. And there is an investor qualification quiz on there. So if you're interested in getting involved in future deals, events, anything that basically you'll be getting from our mailing list. So all the things that we do basically just get on there. And what it will do is it'll put you on our, on our list. The other thing that you can do is also on the website, there's a couple of different pages that right now are kind of placeholders. For example, if you're an accredited investor, we have a future fund coming out just for accredited investors. And you can get on the wait list right now before we have that launched. It's a female focused fund. 
So all the men that invest in that fund, it's required that you fill out your subscription documents with a female mentee. And then we have a procedure for giving you a higher preferred return. Without getting too much into details on the site, you can find all those things on there. And if you're interested in networking with other women who invest, also women who invest Wednesday, there's a sign up for that on there as well. And you can email me admin at theapartmentqueen.com. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.